There has been so much misinformation put out from some of these crazy Karens. Blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. We have the mother. This is obviously the missing mother. And we have the child. And they just poof, disappeared. It was how he was not only going to kill me, but how he was going to kill my husband. And the race was on. This is The Klein Files with Philip and Carolyn. Good morning. Happy Friday. Why are you happy? Because it's your birthday. Oh, it's my birthday. And we're going to celebrate you today. Um, Hopefully you can stay in a good mood all day. I'm in a good mood now. Maybe. I was about to say, are you really? <laughs> or are you just... Well, I'm not on the road, number out. one. Okay. I got to see my grandchildren this week, so that's a good deal. Or last week. Wasn't it last week? Yeah, you kept my kids last week. Well, I guess you kept them I all. I kept them all. Had all the banshees at the house. Tore up the mm-hmm. house. But that's okay. They're all under the age of 10. So for you parents out there <laughs> that that have lots of children, you, you feel my pain because I like to keep my house at least, how would you put it? Controlled explosion? Mm, just Controlled. 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 And so uh, they come and, uh, of course, they set up camp. They're so cute, too, the way they do it. They come in with their little bags and they say, you know, okay, my, I'm going to sleep in this room. And uh, they. Well, Cameron said he slept on the floor. Well, that's because his cousins kicked him out of bed hmm. because he squirms too much. And then uh, my other little grandson, I only have two. My other little grandson, Casey, likes to stretch out and... I don't know. He's done that ever since he was a little boy. He, he just, well, he's a little boy still, right? He's five, yes. six years old. And he's so cute. And the whole the whole gang's just a, a great group. I'm very blessed. Very blessed to have a lot of grandchildren. And, uh, and they went swimming in the 46-degree weather. No wonder they all feel sick this week. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I, I made a mistake. I did a grandpa mistake. I turned the heater on in the pool. And it's set at 101, I think, for the jacuzzi. Well, I did I did the valves, so it would just, you know, do its thing, right? Just warm the pool. And I came up the next morning, I looked out in the backyard, and I, I, all I could see was steam. And I went, what? What, 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 what do y'all do? What, what around here? I looked out back, and the steam was like going in the air. My neighbor next door I walked out the back door and shook my head because I knew what I did. Left the heater on 101. The pool was 101. And so my neighbor next door leaned over the fence. He said, well, that's going to cost you. (laughs) I said, yeah, you're right about that. Well, at least the grandkids had fun. They did. They had a blast and they're beautiful. And thank you, Caroline and George and Charlie and Crystal. Thank you for everything you all allow allow me to have fun with them and watch them. I actually took a day off. We had pizza by the pool and. Well, good for you. I don't know. And then we did smash burgers. Yeah, that was I heard, fun. I heard about the kids that. Kids had a blast. They wanted to smash their own burger for whatever that's worth. All right. Anyway, so uh, welcome to the Klein Files. My name is Philip Klein. That is Caroline Gear over there on the other side, and uh, we are uh, doing podcasts. I guess this is number forty, huh? I think it is. Actually. I saw it on the 39 screen. Thirty-nine or forty. Then, I, uh, I don't know. It was on my schedule for today. So. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to kind of do something a little bit different today. Uh, we're going to give you through the investigator's eyes, repeat again, through the investigator's eyes, what a lawsuit is and to kind of help you in the public to what a lawsuit is. 
Um, and there's two types of lawsuits. There's criminal and civil lawsuits. And I think it's important for you guys to, number one, never fear getting sued. Don't ever fear it. I, I tell everybody that all the time. It's a business deal. It's one side saying you did something wrong or you hurt somebody or you you did something. And they want on the civil side, they want monetary compensation for their damages, for whatever it is. On the criminal side, it gets a little bit more interesting. So I thought we'd tackle that first, if that's all right with you, Queen Bee. Have at it. So we deal with a lot of criminal around here. We we really we know judges all over the state of Texas. Work with them. Uh, understand the rules of criminal procedure, understand the rules of evidence. You know, just because you think something happened does not mean that it's criminal or civil. It, it, it just doesn't mean it. You have to go what they call prove it up. And so there's a bunch of different levels. So let's, let's start with the criminal side. When you, I got a trivia question for you, Caroline. When you get pulled over, by the police, and you're getting a ticket, is that a criminal charge? No. Wait, when you say you're just getting pulled over for a speeding ticket? Yep. Well, yeah, it is a criminal charge. It is a criminal charge. You're absolutely right. You are actually being charged criminally for breaking a traffic law. That's it. Okay. It may be an administrative traffic law, because there are a lot of those, right? Or it may be a, uh, like you said, a, a, a speeding violation. They are charging you. That does not mean you're guilty. So that's why when the officer hands you his little ticket book, or a lot of times now they have those computers, and you sign, <laughs> which I never have, which you sign, they say, we need you to sign here. This is not admission of guilt, Right. Right. You go down there more than I do. Correct? I, mean, I do. Yeah. All right. Lately, it seems like. Yeah. Well, it's kind of cooled off, hasn't it? Not really. You got pulled over again? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Oh, you're talking about me personally getting pulled over. No, I haven't. But I saw my favorite sheriff officer. Did you say hi to him? I waved. Did he wave back? No. No. Oh, too bad. I don't think he likes you. Uh, probably not. Well, it's probably not you. It's probably me. But probably. It's, it's okay. So, but you know what? I He came out to a call I did, uh, you know, with that 17-year-old girl that was missing. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, strike. 15. Forget what I just said. 15-year-old girl that was missing. Uh, and we found her. He was out there. He was part of the tech team that came oh. out. So. Uh, Interesting. He did say hi. Shook my hand. How you doing? Good to see you. That was nice. That was a good catch, by the way, Caroline. Good job. Well, I was on the other side, so I didn't interact with them. Well, there you go. Uh, so anyway, so that's an example of an arrest. Okay, so now let's move up to, that's called a Class C misdemeanor. That goes to the Justice of the Peace Courts. You get a ticket on a Class C, you go to a Justice of the Peace Court. You plead your case with a lawyer or without a lawyer. A lot of people go without lawyers in C cases and just say you're on, or you go in and negotiate. A lot of times the DAs will go, okay, what's the deal? And you'll say, well, I, I got a ticket for going 43 and a 35. 
what? Who gave you that? And you tell them, they go, we're going to dismiss that. That's not even within parameters. However, 35 to a 45, you know, you get a 46 and a 35, they'll look at you and go, how many tickets you got? I got no tickets. Okay. Let's do a pre-sentencing eversion. And what we'll do is we will, you go to, um, what's it called? Uh, I've never gone. Where you go to school, driving school, go to driving school for two oh, hours. yeah, driver's education. Driver's education for two hours will dismiss the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to pay your $35 court fee, which is nothing. And then you go pay your $100 to go. So it's $135 is what it costs you. But it doesn't put a tick on your insurance, which can cost you up to $1,000 more a year on habitual. Now... They've elevated some of these Class C's to Class B's. And when you go to Class B, you've got a misdemeanor Class B, there's a whole plethora of charges that can be filed upon you as a Class B misdemeanor. That's when you go to big boy court. That's when you go to county court at law. And in some smaller counties, they don't have a county court at law. What they'll do is they'll put you in a district court. And you go into the district court with your lawyer. You have two choices. You can plead it out. A lot of times, some of these charges that are put on people are thrown out. I mean, because of lack of jurisdiction, lack of credibility, lack. I mean, the DAs look at these things because they know it's important to you. The DAs I work with around the state of Texas, they're very good. I worked with one in Lubbock this morning. Uh, And and, and, in they look at certain things and go, no, that's not a charge. We're done with that. It's over. That We're not going to do that. Or, in fact, they just go, we don't have a charge here, so we're not going to entertain it because we're too damn busy. Too damn busy. And so your bottom line is, everybody out there, your bottom line is, is that if you have a Class B, get an attorney because Class Bs will ride with you forever. Now, judges are getting back to, and I think that this is very interesting, judges are getting back to Class B misdemeanors of nonviolent type. Like, what's a good violent type, Caroline? Uh, Two people get in a fight at a bar. That's Mm going to be a Class B. Mm -hmm. It's not bodily harm. It's just two guys getting a fight at the bar. Like the Waffle House. Yeah, like the Waffle House. That's exact good case. Yeah, at the Waffle House. And and so a uh, little case we were involved with. So the bottom line is this. If there's no seriously bodily harm, then it just stays a B. I don't particularly like that because, let me say this. When I was growing up in school in Houston, there were fights all the time in school. I mean, we, we'd have fights all the time. What, did you have fights at your school? Yeah, we would go to the baseball fields. Yeah, and watch the kids duke it out. Technically, right? it was off campus, so they could get away with it. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, the bottom line is the, the coaches would break the fight up or the teachers would break the fight up. And then the two boys, <laughs> if it was two boys, two boy, we never had girl fights, no cat fights. We always had boy fights. And so the two boys would be hauled down to the coach's office, and we all know what happens in the coach's office. Here comes the paddle. And they just beat the crap out of whoever. Maybe was in alone. your time you had a paddle. Well, but not in I, our time. Maybe we need to go back to it because I'm going to tell you, it settled everything. And then they made them shake hands, and then they made them sit next to each other at lunch for a week, and it worked out because some of the guys that used to fight, 
you know, my, my hanging crew that I still hang with, my hanging crew um, would tell me all the time. They just laugh and they go, <laughs> you know, uh, we get in fights with each other. And then that's how we became best friends. Hmm. We just became best friends. And we're still friends today. We called each other. I just Uncle Alan just called just five minutes ago uh, to wish me happy birthday. You heard him. And, I did. And, you know, I said, look, I got to call you back. I'm fixing the podcast, but stay by your phone. Alan and I didn't get along all the time. And we've shoved each other a couple of times. Bunch of testosterone bound kids. But in the end, you know, I know this is weird. Some of you are going to say I'm weird. It's not. Alan and my other friend Brent... We grew up together since we rode tricycles. We're to the point in our life now that I'm in my 60s and we realize we're in the fourth quarter of life. Uh, You know, we even do the salutation when we say goodbye rather than say goodbye. We say, hey, love you. And he goes, I love you, too. Or, you know, that's what we do just to remember our lives are 50 some odd, 60 some odd years together riding bikes, riding cars. Uh, I could go somewhere else with this, but I'm not, but just hanging out together. And Caroline, I hope you and your brother and everybody in that works in this office, I, I hope they all have that, that experience with friends for life. And it's, it's, it's been a great experience. Now we're watching our parents die and, um, and some have died and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to watch that because, uh, you're just waiting for that signal next. So uh, anyway, so they're recognizing that a class B misdemeanor will follow you the rest of your life. Class A misdemeanors are serious. Those are done with bodily harm. That means you've stolen something. That means you've done something of moral turpitude. You can go down the list. Drugs are very prevalent. Uh, I know the big push. What's it in your in your group? Are they? What's the deal with marijuana? What are they doing with marijuana? In yeah, your... I mean, it's just the norm is what I hear. Obviously, they're not the norm in Texas, but I mean, it seems like everybody just does it. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I think you agree with me. I shouldn't say that, but you should agree with me. Marijuana is a stepping stone drug. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> it's a stepping stone drug. I mean. No, but it is. What okay. they're, do you know what weed back in my day? What? Weed back in my day was a solid class A. Every time you got caught with weed, class A misdemeanor. Rode with you the rest of your life. You apply for a job, apply for a security clearance, apply for a police officer's job, apply for whatever there is. It is exactly what it is. I mean, I still see that now, but after watching some of the family courts, whenever they send people off for like uh, drug tests for child custody or for whatever you have to be clean and then some of these aren't coming back and they're saying oh but you know i I buy it on the corner and it's legal i mean you can't argue with that that's you know then don't make it legal and a lot of the work we've been doing up in north texas we have a few cases up in north texas we've been working on you know we sit around have lunch or dinner with the police officers and and they say, well, we got to go. I said, well, you got to go. Well, it's about that time. What do you mean it's about that time? Well, we go hang out on the highway between Colorado and Texas, <laughs> just coming into Texas on, the, uh, what is that, 190 or something up there? And uh, they said, we just pull cars over for speeding and do whatever. And then we ask them to search the car, bring the dog in and have the dog sniff the car. And we always find marijuana. And they go, and this, what is it called? Edibles? That's like real big right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, they, they, they find the edibles and they look at them and go, is this edible marijuana? Well, yeah, it's legal in Colorado. Well, it's not in Texas. And yet. it's a, yeah, exactly. And yet, and, and it, it turns out to be a felony because they buy like two or three, what do you call it? Boxes of edibles. And that makes it a felony. Mm-hmm. And you're transporting it over state line. That makes it even worse. It could be a federal felony. And so I, I just don't think young people get it. Just stop it. Don't. Just don't do it. Okay? Please, just don't do it. Don't use drugs. But that's usually the drug charges that have a little bit of weight to them that were either charged as a felony and knocked down to a Class A because it's their first time in uh, in the system. And usually the judges will adjudicate them. What, what you're seeing on your side of the building, is it they adjudicate them? What do they do? They, they uh, I mean, they, the one that I watched recently, <clears throat> the judge just said, you know, I get it. I get that you just bought it, but it has traces of THC in it, and oh, so that, you can't have it. And that and some of the other hard stuff, and we're going to get to that here right now. So Class C, felony. Now, here's how a felony works, folks. A felony works this way. If you are charged with a felony, an officer can arrest you on a probable cause affidavit. Once he has that probable cause affidavit, he puts you in the can, the JP or the administrative judge says, okay, you know, your, uh, your bail is what? $2,000 pay 10% or the $2,000, whatever it is, you know, you can pay $200 to a bail bond agency and they'll pop you out. Then you get out of that. Then your case is put together by an investigatorial team. So, such as police officers will get your information and they'll arrest you. They'll put you in jail. Then it is packaged and sent up to the detectives. Then the detectives, if there's any detective work to do, they will put it together in proper form and send it over to the intake officer at the DA's office. The intake officer will then present it to a grand jury If they feel charges are warranted, this is very important. You need to understand this. Sometimes DA intake officers will look at it and go, you know, we're not dealing with this. We're just not dealing with this. Uh, This is ridiculous. It was uh, poor form. It was uh, evidence was fruit of the poisonous tree, meaning that they, (laughs) meaning that they got the, uh, they, uh, they, they got the uh, evidence illegally, right? And then that elevates its stuff up to a state jail felony. And from the state jail felony, then you get into the different levels, all the way from capital murder all the way down to, uh, well, like state jail felonies. I mean, you, then they'll decide how they're going to charge you. You never want to walk for, for an attorney that works for the district attorney's office. Every single one of them will tell you, unless it's politically motivated, every single person, every single person that works in those offices will say, we don't want to overcharge because you'll get jurors sitting in the box that'll look at you because you don't control the jury box. You get 12 people, sometimes 13. Uh, How many did we have in that case we just won? We just won a big civil case. uh, We had 12. No, 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 no. Plus the the alternates, too. Yeah, 12 plus an alternate. Yeah, two alternates. And, And so you don't want to make them mad. I mean, you can't say, 
Here's, I'll give you a silly example. This is silly, folks. You got a traffic ticket, but you're getting charged with capital murder. The jury will look at you and go, what? And you, you know, you don't want that. Now, how does the grand jury system work? Well, when you're charged, they'll package it up. And if it's a severe felony and they're not going to downgrade it, they will walk into a grand jury and a lot of political stuff goes through these things, too. But they'll walk into a grand jury. They'll present the case. They'll have the officers that investigated the case come in and testify. And then they'll ask everybody to leave the room except for the grand jurors, including the attorneys. And they'll take a secret vote of the grand jury. The grand jury will either bill or no bill. If you're no billed, it's case over. If you're billed... Uh, then uh, the case will go back to the district attorney and the district attorney will send it to a prosecutor and the prosecutor will prosecute the crime. So there's a lot of different levels of lawsuits in the criminal system. That's the way charges work, et cetera, et cetera. Now let's get to the fun part. This is where we live, breathe, and hang out. Civil side. Okay. So let's do the lower. You want to do the lower level one first? The, the Justice of the Peak course. Sure. Justice of the Peace Courts. Justice of the Peace Courts are very interesting. Justice of the Peace Court works when two parties don't agree, and it's under $9,999.99. Okay? Mm-hmm. So two people will get together, and they will say, we don't agree on this bill. You overbuild us, you underbuild us, you, you know, whatever the the claim to fame is, well, let's go down to the justice of the peace and let's ask him to hear your side, hear my side, and then we'll make a decision on what's good on the bill. Okay. How much does another person owe another person? Or maybe they just don't own anything. Also, it's done on some small contractual issues. Okay. Such as you signed on this contract for this and the other side was this, and why are you sending me a bill for this, and why are you charging me? The judge will listen to them, and the judge will make the decision for both parties. That's usually a pretty friendly court. I mean, the last time we were in that court, it was in, what, 2019, wasn't it? Uh, it was with a bail bond agency in, oh, yeah. in 2019, yeah. and we both disagreed on a bill. We just disagreed. We, you know, One side wanted... Uh, and I don't remember all the details, but it was close to $9,000. The other side, which was us, said, you know, it's, it's the, the, the bill was worth, what, $4,900 or something like that? Right. Then we both disagreed, and I'm not going to get acrimonious with anybody. I'm just not. So I told the other side, I said, uh, here's what we'll do. Let's just get uh, – who's our judge over there? Um, really great guy. Your friend. Yeah. Anyway, what's it? Um, Burnett. Yeah, Judge and Judge Burnett, who's really close friends with my son, who helped my son out tremendously going through high school, trying to make a college decision. Um, Judge Burnett heard the case. Well, one side said we owed eight thousand something dollars. And we said, no, the bill's really like forty four. I can't remember. Thirty nine hundred dollars, something like that. And the judge said, well, since I know you guys, this is what a great guy is. Since I know you both. And I knew the attorney, and we were laughing and talking, and the, and the other guy was laughing and uh, talking, our client was, and we were, it was one of those things we just didn't agree. And this is what's so great about Texas, you have these Justice of the Peace Courts. So, um, on the civil side, Justice of the Peace criminal, they're both the same people, but 
this is a civil case I'm talking about now. So we sat down, we pulled a jury of six people in there. We presented everything we owned, uh, everything we allegated against each other. And guess what? It worked out. It just worked out. We shook hands, said, great, great case, great case. Uh, it was decided that we owed 4000 something. Can't remember the amount. And then he said, you know what, Philip? He said, you made some really good points in this thing. Let's just throw it away. Let's, let's just forget it. And it was no build. I mean, that's how you bring people together in the legal system. Okay. That it, it, it's only when emotion gets involved and you get emotional. Um, that's when things blow up. Wouldn't you say? I do. And there is a deposition of myself that was put up by, uh, the guy that was found with his throat slit in, uh, Phoenix, Arizona was at Retzloff, mm -hmm. our stalker for 12 years. And that, can you believe people still quote him? I mean, it's, it's just comical. At this it's point. comical at this point. But anyway, uh, he got his throat slit. He's dead. Uh, but what Retzloff did was he, he did a thing that's very popular with some people, which is death by a thousand slits. They'll take a sentence of, that you say or something you say on the news or, or the news media is kind of backing off this now because they're getting sued, too. But they're trying to set a narrative. And what they'll do is they'll just take these little snippets out and they'll say aha he said it on this day and then but he said this on this day aha okay so that's kind of a libel and slander suit now you can go to other suits which we work on a lot around here which is major traffic accidents we have a highway called interstate 10 uh flowing from san antonio well actually beyond uh, los angeles california all the way through um florida yeah, but what part of Florida? Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Florida. There are millions and millions and millions of cars and trucks that come through our area every day. And we have some of the most horrendous traffic accidents because I-10 is under construction. And you get these big old truckers, and they try to come through at however many miles an hour and they just the traffic stopped in front of them and they have a big load and they can't stop and they just end up killing a bunch of people what we had six this last week that died out there uh three two that died this week out on interstate 10 in orange and towards houston uh, my good friend the sheriff out there brian hawthorne my God, I feel sorry for his guys because that's all they see is death and destruction out there. I mean, on Interstate 10 where the construction is. It's just, it's horrific. And my son lives out there on a ranch close to Interstate 10, and he always knows when there's been a bad accident because uh, Highway 124 is backed up as far as you can see, and they're trying to channel traffic. Um, in a civil suit, what you're alleging is, is, you were not at fault in an accident. They were at fault in an accident. And insurance companies uh, want to get in there and they want to figure out all the damages, the cost of your car, the cost of your body. If it's a death, then they'll go policy limits. Uh, all these things that these guys do, uh, and, they, and they try to put a case together. Now, a lot of people call them ambulance chasers. There are, and there are some of those where a guy gets hit, what, two miles an hour and no oh, my neck my neck you right. know we've that's and that's when you hire private investigators we'll go out there and we'll interview them or if they have gone through the system what we'll do is we will go out there and we will monitor their activities 
some call it surveillance, but we call it monitoring activities. If they're out there throwing the kid around the front yard or jumping around, kicking a softball or kicking a uh, whatever tennis ball or whatever you can. Or carrying heavy objects. Carrying heavy objects. Groceries, things gr- of that yeah. nature. And so, Depending w- on the complaint that's being... Um, exactly. Exactly. And so we'll, we'll show the insurance company, well, this is what they're doing right now. And they'll go, oh, no. On the opposite side, we've seen things like, you no, know, they're in a wheelchair and here's the wheelchair and this is the wheelchair going into the wheelchair van. And, you know, this person's obviously been very well hurt. Um, I'm, I'm seeing more and more insurance companies now say, OK, that's that's good. Let's let's just break it off and, and, and go on. Um what else, Caroline? Oh, well, we go back to the fighting, right? The big deal now is with these kids, they get into a fight, they lose a tooth, they get hit in the head with another kid at school. Then the parents end up suing the school right? and the kid's parents. Well, you may go, okay, that's ridiculous. That may be true. That is, to me, a little bit questionable. But... You then start seeing the medical bills. Okay, he has a closed head trauma. Yes, there are some doctors that are bought and paid for by attorneys out there that'll say you have a you have trauma to your head if you pop your ear, you know. Um, but there are some people that do suffer from, from serious trauma. So here's the anatomy of a civil suit. Okay, I've set it up for you. You now know how it sounds. In the allegations. I mean, we see allegations all the time. Mm-hmm. We got one going right now. Mm-hmm. Should I just be quiet? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, which we found out was fake and false, but. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, here's the anatomy of a civil suit. You have a thing called an original petition. Okay. Original petition is served upon the opposite party that you're allegating. So you have a plaintiff and a defendant. The plaintiff draws up a... Defendant. Not a defendant. (laughs) Drives me crazy. Okay. So (laughs) the defendant... Anyway, so you have a, 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 a original petition that's filed in the courts, right? And it's filed in a district clerk in the county that it happened in. Okay, a lot of different rules of civil procedure. We're not going to get into all that, but you can file it in the court where a party is known to work and be, or you can file it in a county where the incident happened. That's why some of these small counties like Smith County, Smith County, there's a interstate runs or there's a major thoroughfare that runs through Smith County. They get a lot of lawsuits. Why? Well, because there's so many wrecks. Okay, all these statistics are kept under TxDOT. So if you want to go look at TxDOT, go look at TxDOT. But anyway, here's where the here's what happens. The petition is filed. A citation is issued by the district court and put onto the petition, a copy of the petition. And that petition is served upon the defendant. Better. Thank you. You're very welcome. And then. That once they're served, they have 30 days from the first Monday to respond after they're served, not before they're served. They can't run to the district clerk and, oh, I got a copy of this lawsuit. Oh, my God. You have to have a citation delivered to you. It's an old lawyer trick that they do. Okay. You call your lawyer and say, I've been sued. Hold on. So what happens if they actually have not been 
served the citation yet, and they only, quote, find out about it from social media. My understanding, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play a lawyer. I'm not giving legal advice. But my understanding is, especially from today, my understanding is, is they have to be served the citation from the courts or their attorney can accept service for them. Right? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And if you think you filed an answer before you've been served a citation, you got another thing coming. It's thrown out. Your answer's thrown out. And, and that's just the way it is. It's just, it's just, look, I love my defense lawyers out there. Guys, I love y'all. But your bottom line is don't ever jump the gun because you're going to get screwed. Don't, don't jump the gun. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't file an answer for something you haven't been served. I mean, that's just stupidity. It's a way for you to get money. I get it. It's a sales technique. I get it. You want to make your client happy because you want to be as radical as you can in these meetings. You want to be as radical as you can in hearings. You want to be as radical as you can for your client to make them feel better. Okay? I get it. I get it. And maybe that's just the kind of lawyer you are. I get it. That's fine. Do whatever your sales technique is. But your bottom line is nothing can happen until they serve with a citation or you agree to be, accept the citation. That's the bottom line, the way I've been explained to it by hundreds of lawyers. Anyway, so you're served with the citation in the petition. You hire a lawyer. The lawyer has 30 days from the first Monday to file an answer. They will file their answer. Then we start a period called discovery. Okay, now you can file all these motions, motions to dismiss, motions to what, 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 what do we get all the time? Motion to dismiss, motion for. Uh, well, discovery is really where well, we I know, but we're not too play into it. Yeah, well, but but then what happened? You know, it's 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 early shooting is what we call it. You know, you they just filed the lawsuit and you want it dismissed or you want it moved. You can't do that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, You got to have evidence. You, mm -hmm. you can't just say just because you plead it does not mean it's fact. That's why you have a thing called a judge. He looks at your side. He looks at their side. And then they sit down and they go through it. Okay. Here's your bottom line. Once the judge gets it in his lap and he has some hearings and he says, now we're moving to discovery. That's when what we call it, the ingredients get start getting put into the gumbo. And basically what happens is the gumbo is stirred and stirred and stirred. Ingredients, hondouis put in there, green onions, green peppers, you know, all these things are put in to the lawsuit gumbo. And it all comes out. And remember, not everything is admissible in court. You know, I had a lady screaming and yelling the other day about her mother-in-law and how she hates her mother-in-law. And the reason her mother, their child was that way was because of her mother-in-law. And the judge just looked at him and go, hold on, let me get this straight. Is your defense on what your granddaughter did, she made her do it? It's the she made her do it defense? She did what she did at school because of the grandmother? No, she did what she did. It's a yes or no question. Did you do it? Yes or no. Were you at fault? Yes or no. Okay. If you were at fault and if you did it, 
that's why I think there's going to be so many surprises in some of these big suits coming up in the national scheme of things. You know, they're blaming Trump for a bu- doing a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Trump's like, I, I didn't do that. Hmm. I, I got staffers that did it. Why are you trying to get me? Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Right. You can't do that, folks. But anyway, you get into discovery. Once you get into discovery, and that's the greatest part, you get to everybody gets to show each other their cards. Before you walk into a courtroom, you got to show each other your cards, or you or it's inadmissible evidence. Mm-hmm. So you walk in and you go uh, in discovery. The first two things you will get is request for admissions. In interrogatories, there's a certain limit you can only write. I think, what is it, 25 and 31? I don't know. Uh, or you can petition the court and say, look, I got a lot more questions. Uh, Your Honor, can I have 16 more? Let me see the 16. And they'll look at it and go, no, you're just harassing them. That's what they'll do. Yeah. I mean, that's what judges are doing now. You're harassing them. Just cut it out. So then, they'll, then you'll get those and you will submit those. All sides will submit those to each other. Okay. Then once those are submitted, once those are submitted, you go to depositions. That's what's next. And then you start deposing each other. Now, can you, the, the, one of the big questions is, can you depose during the 30-day period or 60, actually it's 60 days, 60 days, I think, if my memory is correct, 60-day period, I should know, we just went through it, 60-day period of, of request for admissions, absolutely, absolutely you can depose, but it's stupid, you're being dumb. As an investigator, and how they use investigators like us is they give us the request for admissions and interrogatories, and then we go on the hunt. Then we start pulling court records. We fly around all over the United States pulling records. We place people under surveillance. We do, we do a lot of stuff during a court action. Then once you get that portion done, again, you go to deposition. You sit down and they have six hours to examine you, both sides. Both, you know, both sides get six hours with each witness. Does it ever last six hours? No. I mean, I think the last one I did. By the way, if you'd like to watch me on the internet, go to YouTube and type in what is it? I I don't want. I haven't watched it, but it's now you're just inviting more drama. Who cares? God, who cares? It's there. Philip Klein deposition. I think just just type in Philip Klein deposition. You can watch me. Uh, in a deposition and you can see how attorneys will try to come at you i mean it got comical at one point where i just sat there and let the two attorneys yell at each other and i just got to look back and forth like god i have so much to do just get me out of here i mean it, it's just it, it's, it was silliness but it's a good way for you to learn about a deposition and how it works and that's my job i feel now in my senior years of my fourth quarter of life is to teach you know young up-and-coming investigators how to act in a deposition mm-hmm. you know I, I you know the fun the, the funniest part was and it was uh, jeff durrell who is also dead um it was jeff durrell and he um he came after me and he asked, started asking me questions about stuff 14 years ago and my attorney just looked at me he said don't answer that just stop don't answer anymore that's it jeff we're done what you got you know, you got anything else? I mean, it just gets to the point where people think, 
oh, your past is, is, is going to have so much to do with this. It has nothing to do with it. Your past has nothing to do with it. It's the, it's the, it's the question and answer of what pertains to this case. Now, attorneys will go, well, your past has a lot to do with your, uh, your what, what do you want to call it? Your truthfulness to the court. Right. Okay. And they'll give them some leeway on that. But usually I can only go from my, yeah, I only go from my experience. Well, you had a pedophile in Thomas Retzloff's case. You had a damn pedophile that was making false accusations, right? Number one. And number two, you had a, uh, you had an attorney that was being paid by sources, uh, for some pretty big hitters in the, in the, uh, in the plaintiff's world. Uh, and, and so please explain it to me. And, uh, I think we were 10 for 10. We were 10. We won 10 out of 10. No, 11. It was 11. I don't know. I lost track. Yeah, it was 11 out of 11. We had one attorney, Jeff Durrell, that kept suing us and suing us and suing us. And finally, he started getting hit with sanctions. And then they finally, the one case, which was in San Antonio, Texas, which was settled and sealed, wasn't sealed by us, it was sealed by them. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. Because they were fixing to get hit over the head with a huge sanction. And so they said, well, we'll just, we'll just agree to disagree that it's gone. And then the Southeast Texas record picked it up. And the Southeast Texas record put on there, oh, they settled. He sued for $8 million. You know how much they got? Nada. They didn't get a dime. Nada. So there you go. There you have it. So once... That is completed, and you get all your depositions done, then you're trial ready. You have pre-trial motions. That's the hardest part. What's going to be admitted in front of a jury? What's not going to be admitted in front of a jury? And then, of course, you get your jury trial. Right. And you get a, a group of, what, 36 to come in, and you get to pick uh, mm-hmm. 12 plus 2. And if you've never gone and sat in... Um a trial of some sort, whether a jury trial or just a hearing or just a court case in general for any of the motions, I think it is, you should. It's, yeah. It can be boring, but it can be intriguing. Could you take a minute? Cause you did the jury selection in the big one. We just won mm-hmm. the Vordire. the Vordire. I've done, we, I think three now. Th- and I really like it just because it's a lot of my psych background of being able to tell who, um, explain to the public what you're, what you're looking for as an investigator, uh, in, during Vordire? Well, it, it just varies on what your case is and what side you're on, to be honest. And then whatever that whatever that aligns with, whichever way it is, you do background of the individuals, where they work, who they are, mm-hmm. um, what education they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and this particular one that we did, I wanted to know if they had any connections to certain people. Um, certain type of business owners in our community, certain type of whatever. Did they know who you were? Because, you know, we're from small towns. Were you surprised how many people in the jury pool knew who I was? Just about everybody. And the thing is, is that when our attorney got up and said, do you know, do you know this defendant or do you know of client investigations? Almost every single person said yes. So then you have to go back and you have to say, you have to look at exactly who they are, what their connections are, Um, And it's so funny because the one person that I was insistent on not having on the jury selection is the one person 
that put up the most fight. Really? And I think that's so funny because the attorney, our attorney and um, his paralegal were like, no, it'll be fine. We're going to keep her. And I said, no, you do not want to keep her. Right. Yeah, and that was sure a good call. Enough, that's true. That, they kept her. That's and gospel. it was the one, yeah. literally the one individual that was against us in the thing. And it was due to the connections that she had um, through two people. And right. And that's when I want to warn everybody. If you ever sit on a jury, know that there's somebody in the room taking notes on you mm-hmm. and they're either texting it or they're sending it out in emails to guys like us in the office. And we're running backgrounds on everybody to find out who you, who, what, when, and why, and who your associations are with. You know, I, we caught that one girl that just got married to uh, the attorney's brother. Uh, mm-hmm. That was on a jury pool. Remember that? Yeah. We said, no, 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 no. Don't put her on there. Don't put her and on there. And then we even had a judge that pulled back in our jury pool. We yeah. were like, hell no, no, you're not putting that judge on there. No, we had two. We had a federal and a state a judge, remember? Yeah. No, get him out of the room. So long so. story short, uh, Vordire is my favorite thing. I right. truly enjoy it. So right. Right. Um, anyways. So, so I hope this is, a, again, folks, we're not giving you legal advice. We're just telling you through the eyes of investigators, this is how it works. Okay. And um, let's just kind of summarize just real briefly. If you if you get a criminal charge that's more than a Class C, being a traffic ticket, get a lawyer, okay? Because that's going to ride with you the rest of your life. Guys like me will dig it up somewhere. We'll get your. We'll get your. I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, he, he got me. Um, you 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 will get caught if you lie. Okay, you will get caught. We will search you, and we will find your information. On a on a, on a, on a felony charge, you go get a lawyer. Don't say a word. That's another thing. Let me. Can I say this real quick? Yeah, but you got like thirty seconds because okay. we are late for a meeting. Don't, folks, listen to me. If you get arrested for a felony, you have the right to remain silent. Invoke your right. Okay, invoke your right. All right, and then on the civil side, I can warn all of you. Listen to me closely. Get an attorney. Don't be try to be your own attorney because you will fail. You will lose. Okay? You will fail and you will lose. Or you'll get a summary judgment against you. You don't want that. Ruins your life for the rest of your life. Okay? Is that good enough, Caroline? That's good. Okay, guys, listen. I'm going to be on the road again. <laughs> and so I think Caroline will have a special guest uh, coming up on next week. And uh, I just uh, I just want to tell you all, thank all of our clients. They call us. They say they love this show. So we hope you love the show. I've uh, been invited on some national stuff to talk, and uh, I, you know I'm kind of keeping a low profile right now, simply because I haven't felt well, but I'm starting to feel a lot better. So, uh, and on that note, we will see you next week. Yes, we will. Okay. You won't see me. Nope, I won't. But okay. Have a great week, folks. Adios. Bye. the Klein files i'm in a grumpy mood blah 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 and you know what they say assuming makes an ass of yourself my name's philip klein and i'm a fixer and i am it's a real damn thing